Hello friends and welcome to a very special edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast because today friends we are at the theatre, not the theatre of football, the actual theatre. You've heard us talking about it already on the podcast. We're brought to you now in association with the new Wolsey Theatre and their excellent new play, Never Lost at Home, which is starting next week, Thursday the 16th of September. A story um, based all around the tremendous season of 1980-81, of course, town winning the UEFA Cup. Uh, and I'm very pleased to say myself and Andy Warren were joined uh, just recently by director and writer Peter Rowe and the star of the show who plays the iconic role of Bobby Robson, Peter Pevley. So give it a listen. Following on from Our Blue Heaven in 2018, Never Lost at Home celebrates the 40th anniversary of Ipswich Town Football Club's 80-81 season. Many people believe it was the greatest season in the history of the club. Bobby Robson's small, skillful and heroic squad finally claimed the UEFA Cup, the first European trophy in the club's history. To celebrate the anniversary of the legendary victory, the New Wolsey Theatre is telling the story of that extraordinary season through the eyes of a family of obsessive Ipswich fans as they follow their heroes across Europe. Once again, the story uses a cast of actor-musicians and includes popular hits from the era punctuating the action. Critical moments from the important matches in the season will be recreated by our community chorus of young people. Each performance will be simultaneously live-streamed for those of you who'd like to watch from home or abroad. Captioned, British Sign Language interpreted, audio described and relaxed performances are available throughout the run. If you're a town fan, it's unmissable. If you're not a football fan, come and see the musical celebration of a landmark moment in the history of our town. Head to wolseytheatre.co.uk or call 01473 295 900. That's 01473 295 900 now to book your tickets. Wow, that's got me pumped up. I don't know about you listening. <laughs> Keith Andy Warren here with you. Do you like to say I've got Peter Rowe, the director and writer of uh, I've Never Lost at Home, showing the new Woolsey soon, and the star of the show, Pete Heavily, who plays the iconic. Bobby Robson. Um, guys, first of all, thanks for joining us. Fantastic to have you on the King of Anglia podcast. Very excited about this. Very excited about the show. Um, Peter, if I could start with you, first of all. I guess, obviously, people have just seen and heard the trailer, so they have a rough idea what the show is about. But do you want to talk a little bit about the show and how it's come about? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar in, in form to the FA Cup show. So um, we asked, we did a call out to fans who were part of that journey at the time, who followed the team around Europe. Um, home games and away games and then went to the final in in Amsterdam so I've compiled the script from those memories from those experiences based around this fictitious family the Coombs kind of extended family who uh, make a pact at the beginning of the season that between them they'll go to all the all the games all the home games and away games they all go to all the home games of course but they have to divvy up the um, the FA Cup games and the away league games and the, the away UEFA Cup games between them um, and that becomes because the season was so successful and the team went so deep into the FA Cup and obviously the UEFA Cup that becomes more of a more of a problem for them to try and find a way of getting to all the games and uh, in amongst the rest of their life um, 
and I felt that was quite true to the stories that I got told. I got a lot of great stories from people about following the team and particularly following the team abroad and the kind of adventures people had and the scrapes they got into. Okay, uh, and you mentioned there obviously it's the follow up to, to Our Blue Heaven, which is incredibly well received. Um, I guess one of the first questions is is why why these stories? Why, why football? Because I, I may be wrong, but I'm not aware there's a, there's a huge wealth of, of football plays at at the theatre. Um, so why did you decide that these were the stories that were important to to tell and, and to put on as as plays? I think obviously for many towns many cities the football club is really important to the town uh, and as a theatre we're always looking for stories that belong to this particular neighbourhood to the to the town and the people of the town and this was obviously re- a really important story um, and I suppose the other reason for us is that we're always looking to make the work that we make here as accessible as possible um, mm. I'm a fan of both theatre and football myself uh, so and I often think that football fans think theatre is a bit stuffy um, that they you know they think you've got to kind of get dressed up and be on your best behaviour to go in, <laughs> into a theatre and through the doors and I wanted to show people that, that wasn't the case so part of the um, what we did for uh, the uh, our blue heaven was to put lots of banners around the auditorium so that when people walked in it felt like a bit like you know walking onto a football terrace um and we managed to get a lot of people through the doors of the theater for that show who hadn't been inside our theater before i think something like a third of the people who booked tickets were first-time bookers Mm. to us so in terms of trying to i think there are a lot of similarities between football and theatre you know we we find ourselves talking about dressing rooms changing rooms you know half time or interval um our, our company stage manager keeps finding himself talking about when the match starts rather than when the performance <laughs> starts so you know there's a lot there's a lot in common between the two things i think and i think that those of us who love football love it because it's a story and we don't know the outcome you know, mm. so every match you watch is a story and we don't know what the ending is. Um, mm. And I think that 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 narrative behind a football match or, or between a football campaign is very like watching a theatre show. Superb. If I could bring you now in, uh, Pete Peverly, star of the show, yeah. um, playing Bobby Robson. Can you talk a little bit about your role in, in, in the show? Obviously, you play Bobby um, uh, and how, how you've come to play this, this iconic figure twice now, because you were obviously in Our Blue Heaven as well. Yeah. Well, uh, I just so I mean it's a gift of a role to play. Uh, when Pete asked me to play it for the first time, I was like, "Wow, who, who wouldn't turn that? You know, what a chance to to mm. play a character like that in a, in a, in a theatre show." And uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose it, it feels really good to play him because uh, he's such an important figure to the town and to the club. Yeah, and and you know, I just go about sort of trying to. So try try to play him like I would any other character. You know, I've watched a lot of a uh, lo- lot of video footage. I've read a lot about him, and um, try just try to get inside, inside what sort of man he was. And he, you know, he's such a gentleman, and sort of you know, such a a decent man. And um, and I, and I sort of love playing him. You know, it's, yeah. I'm loving- and you can tell those of you listening and watching, Pete's voice is very similar to. To Bobby's, you, you, as I understand it, you, you you were born in the next village. Is that right? Well, not quite the next village. I, I was born in in Washington, which is okay. um, which is close to like it's about fifteen miles from Langley. But well, it's Sacriston. Bobby was born in Sacriston, but moved to mm. Langley Park, which is like two miles from from um, from Sacriston anyway. So it, it it's a sort of county Durham twang I have anyway, and um, so yeah, I mean I've got I've got such a big head start 
in, yeah. in, uh, <laughs> in, in sort of and my coloring's the same you know i sort of there, there is a similarity in features as well so yeah. uh so it's good casting from pete <laughs> so um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've just, it's such a great, a great, so it's, it's a bit of an honor really to play a character like, yeah. like Bobby Robson, you know, it's, it's yeah. been fabulous. And you, you mentioned there, you kind of go back and watch videos of him. So you, you try and tr play him faithfully, do you? Obviously we've, we've seen maybe on, on the big screen, like Mike, Michael Sheen playing, um, Brian Clough yeah. and other people, that kind of, that kind of method approach. It is, yeah. I always think, <clears> see, I, I, there's another character in the Northeast that I've, I do a one man show about. There's a, there's a guy up there called Bobby. We, he passed away a little while ago and I called Bobby Thompson. He's an iconic Northern comedian in the workmen's clubs. And I've been involved. I've been, I've played him for many, many years. I have this one man show, as I said, and, uh, and he was much older than me. So when I play these characters of people who, who existed, mm. I always think, I try to think of them not as impressions of them. It's not like a Mike Yarwood impression. It's just a sort of flavor of that. I think it's important for me to try and get into their head and have some sort of affection for the man as well. So hopefully that comes to, and then you pick up um, so the physicality and little tick, little sort of vocal patterns that they had and just mm. saw and try and be truthful to the character rather than worrying about it, it being an impression of him. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm not an impressionist. I'm, a, I'm an actor who, who portrays characters. So that's yeah. the way I try to approach it really, just by, by trying to sort of, um, just trying to relate to that character really. Mm. And do you feel, I was trying to think last night um, when I was making a few notes about this show, I can't think of many roles, certainly in Suffolk and, and the North East, obviously from where you're from, where there, there's more of an iconic character to be playing. I mean, in Ipswich than than Bobby Robson. Maybe if you were going on stage pretending you were Ed Sheeran, perhaps. But yeah. um, <laughs> do you, do you feel like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get do away you, with that, wouldn't you? He was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like an extra responsibility playing someone who is so well known and so well loved? And does that bring an extra pressure? Because there is, he he existed. He's a real person. And Absolutely. I mean, I remember when we did our Blue Heaven. Yeah. You, so obviously you're in the rehearsal room and you and you you're developing what you're doing and you're thinking, well, this feels good. And you hear comments from Pete and and the creative team going, yeah, that that that's that's in the right lines. But when when we did our Blue Heaven, we had Mick Mills and Pat Godball came into rehearsals mm. with about ten days to go. And uh, a little story about that: I had forgotten they were coming. And they came in on a Monday morning and I'd had the weekend off the script. I thought, oh, I'm going to have a weekend off the script and not do any homework. And when I turned up on the Monday morning, there they were. It's the first time I'd met Mick Mills and Pat. And I was like, oh, gosh, I forgot they were coming. So anyway, we ran some sections for them. As some of the speeches that I had as Bobby and some of the scenes. And that was really, I was like, oh, God, this is it. This is the sort of verdict. It's the first outside eyes we'd had on it from people who knew Bobby so well. And then, but it, it sort of passed that test. They were they were very impressed with what I do, and apparently Pat got a little bit emotional about it. So that was that was the sort of right. We're on the right lines here. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That was a sort of stamp of approval that, that we needed, I think, just to carry on with the way we'd been going with it. And then, of course, once the show opened, very nerve wracking. Obviously, the first show just to see how the fans are gonna are gonna take to it. But mm. fortunately, they were they were in from the beginning. And um, and after and from that you just you just relax in it and just go right okay so the the choices that you've made you know they're right and then you can push them through the run and, and keep keep development as you go you know mm. I always wonder with, with with actors like yourself who play um, people who 
who existed and, and were well loved. Do you ever find yourself kind of slipping into character when you don't mean to? <laughs> do you, well, is there every so often do you become Bobby Robson? Just well, to be honest, character? I I I think I have over that. Over it's taken us this time just a, just a couple of weeks just to get back into his. I, I said just to get back into his bones under his skin, but I think I purposefully do that. So like I I will probably take on some of the mannerisms just normally when I'm sort of walking around the street, you know. And uh, I mean it's really funny. I I occasionally get caught by members of the public going through lines. I can see them looking at me in a strange manner. <laughs> it's like, oops, you know, but, but I think that's good. So, so hopefully that it's the, the transition from me to him is sort of seamless. And yeah. I remember after, after we had finished our blue heaven, I went straight onto another job in which I was playing a few characters. And one of the characters, I just thought, well, I'll just, cause it took me a little while to shake off the sort of mannerisms and the physicality that we that I've been working in, so I just kept them for one particular character. Do you know what I mean? And uh, who wasn't Bobby Robson? He was someone else, but but physically, physically, he was him. So um, it does just take a lot, but I think it's good to get him in the body. That that's the way I you know I'm, I, I like things to be to be in the body. So um, yeah, so that's the way I work. Superb, Andy. Anything you want to um, bring in? Director Pete, I, I just want to know: Did you always have have uh, Bobby Pete in mind for this role when you sort of did Our Blue Heaven, and then this one was, or did you just go out and try and find someone who looked and sounded like Bobby Robson? Did did you know of Pete already, and and just knew that he would be the perfect man to play Sir Bobby? Yeah, I suspected. I mean, we'd worked together before. Um, I I I wrote the show first, so I wrote the show before it was cast. But Pete was the first person I offered that part to um, because I, I always suspected that he would be exactly right to play Bobby Robson. And, and so it's proved. And I think uh, because that, that Our Blue Heaven experience was so good and it worked so well, um, Bobby's got much more of a role, I think, in this, this show than the last one. So there's, there's a lot of Bobby talking to the team, talking to the squad before the matches. There's a lot, which we're in, in our, in the stage version, he's going to use the, the, you know, the first front rows of the audience as, as the squad effectively. So he'll be buttonholing people and ticking them off or g them up. Or yeah. There's a particularly good bit before the St. Etienne game, which, you know, was a, was obviously a fantastic performance from the side, but they all went out on the beer uh, the night before and he was absolutely livid so the the first four rows are going to get both barrels when it comes to that speed yeah <laughs> so i mean if you, if you book tickets for those four rows you need to come prepared yeah <laughs> <laughs> what, what what i think is really interesting about this for this particular production i mean pete's right i think bobby's got more of a role in it that he's more of a real person. Like before, he was a sort of he was more of a figure that came in and, and commented on 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 sort of life and sort of pontificated on football, which was great. He was a bit of a figure, but this time I think he's more embedded within the story, and he has he has scenes with people, and he's he actually interacts with the other characters more. So I, I, the challenge for me is to make him a more a, a real sort of a more real person. Than, mm. than just this sort of mythical saint figure. We were talking about it yesterday in rehearsals. You know, mm. that he he was a man, and and he, he was you know there was there was he had com he was complex in some ways as well. So it's mm. very very easily just just to make him into a saint. Mm. But uh, so so actually in the last ten days, the, these last few weeks of rehearsals, that I'm I'm thinking about that more as well. You know, just to try and get that into into the mix as well. Mm. 
Director Peter, could you talk a little bit about the process of, of putting a play like this together and, and the challenges involved? Because you'd have seen from the trailer that what, the first thing that comes to my mind when, you, when you're putting on a play about football is how do you do the, the, act, the action sequences? How do they work? So can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, and that's probably why you know there aren't very many plays about football because yeah. the nightmare the nightmare is putting a football on stage and then not being able to control it. Of course, mm. um, so we're doing something similar to what we did uh, with our Blue Heaven. So we are looking at the the critical moments in all those, particularly the away games in that UEFA Cup campaign, but in a really stylized way. So we've got together a group of young people from our youth theatre and young company from. The, the young company at Dance East. Um, and we we spent a week um, filming these sequences without a ball on stage um, at the Woolsey um, in a kind of black box with side lighting um, and a slightly stylized slow-mo feel to it. So what, what we did was look at the videos of the actual moments in those matches and then find our own way of kind of reproducing that. So it's faithful to... You know who who passed to who and who scored and or who, whose header w- happened when, um, but in a in a kind of stylized way and there's not a ball in sight, so it's something something between football and choreography, I guess. Um, mm. And those those filmed elements will appear on a big screen um, on on the stage, which is right in front of where the band sit on a balcony up above the center of the stage. So mm. when we get to the football matches, we're sort of seeing the, the fans watch the, the match, but we're seeing the bits of football on a, on a big screen in that stylized way. Mm. Mm. Um, you mentioned there, uh, Pete mentioned uh, Mick Mills. Uh, have you had input from from players of, of the era for, for both plays, this play particularly? or? Yeah, I mean, I've been particularly in contact with Terry Butcher and Russell Osman. Um, we are planning to um, organise an appearance from one of the members of the squad uh, from that time at the end of the show, which is what we did in, on, on the FA Cup show too. Um, and and Terry assures me that he is uh, lining up a player for every performance. Um, so uh, I'm hoping to see him at the match on Saturday and just check that that's happening. <laughs> but, but, but we believe that uh, a, a player from the... The, the squad of eighty eighty one is going to appear for us at the, the the climax of the show at the the end of the story. Superb and and sorry, Andy, Karen. I was just going to ask Pete. Well, did you go to did you go to any of the games in, in eighty one? It sounds sounds like you're an, an Ipswich fan. Is is this something that's a bit personal to you? Is there any of that? <clears throat> no, I'm actually a Liverpool fan. I'm oh, sorry to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to any of those games. I mean, I was. You know, when I was growing up, I was always impressed with Ipswich as a side, and particularly that side once those two Dutch midfielders started playing in mm. that in that team. So, but my knowledge of uh, of all of this has come from the research that I've done and looking at the all the clips myself. Mm. So we've got we've got a Liverpool fan and Sir Bobby, I believe, having spoken to you before this, Pete is a is a Sunderland fan. I am a Sunderland fan. Yes, yeah. Uh... But following on with me, I remember whilst I was doing my research and, and racking my memory and uh, taking myself back to 1981, what I was doing, I do remember watching the game, the final, with my dad. Because Ipswich were everyone's favourite second side at the time. And uh, and I was a Sunderland fan back then, but I, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was sort of, I was getting into my music then. 
But um, but I remember watching that game with me. My dad was like, because England plays in that side as well, wasn't it? So so everyone, so a lot of people watched the game, and I and I do sort of remember. And looking back at the games after my research, they were such an incredible side. You watch you watch all those games now, and and they were really just on fire, and mm. it's a thrill to watch them. And I also it racked me brains as well that we used to have, we used to have football cards and sticker books. And uh, so you you would buy these you would buy these sort of big sort of glossy mags and you would buy something and you'd get stickers and collect the stickers of the teams and if you had if you had Paul Mariner or, or someone from the team I was, oh, I've got Paul Mariner and you would swap them to get the game but if you, I remember that Ipswich side if you had that Ipswich side it was like I've got the Ipswich side look it was and all this <laughs> and, and I had never given it a second thought until I started really you know going back there and watching a lot of things and thinking about thinking about just my, you know, what I was doing back then. And I, I sticker books came, it was roaring into my memory. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. a yeah. massive memory, isn't that, from everyone who's, who kind of loves football from growing up, sticker books and getting the shinies and like yeah. As a Sunderland fan then, Pete, obviously Sunderland and Town are big League One rivals now this season. Yeah. How, how do you see that playing out this season? Because you'd expect both sides to be right up there, wouldn't you? Well, you would, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've had a really good start this season, which we've been hoping for, because we always start really badly and then have a really good patch in the middle and then fall away again at the end, like happened last year. We thought we all thought this was that was going to be the year, but the last seven games it all went it all went the other way. But um, I mean, I don't know. We're just talking, Andy, before it's I, I haven't sort of caught quite got my head around this league I know we've been in four seasons now this is the fourth season down there but I haven't got my head around it it just seems whoever it sort of seems the last man stand the la, the, the team who can just keep going is going to win it yeah. you know it's, it's not necessarily who's got the best players now in this league it's just who can keep them fit and keep them and keep them sort of on their two feet to the end of the season really yeah. I mean I'd love to see both in fact I checked the fixtures before I came down to see if Sunderland were playing here while we were, while I was down but they're not they come in December don't they but as we're going on Saturday to see the, to the Bolton game so I'm looking forward to that Superb. Well, as you mentioned there, you mentioned there, keep going. In Town's case, so far this season, it's just get going. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully this weekend they will get going with you there. Yeah, um, hopefully. Yeah, Director Pete, can you talk a little bit about the music involved in this show? I mean, music is so important, isn't it, in terms of contextualising anything and any kind of song you hear takes you back to a time. So, what kind of what kind of tunes and music are involved in in this particular show? I assume songs from the era. That's right. Yeah. I mean, our, our house style as a theatre is to work with an ensemble of act musicians, an awful lot of the work that we make um, from the Christmas rock and roll panto to musicals like Once involves um, act musicians. That's kind of our, our house style. So mm. that's very much part of this company, too. There are um, a, a lot of act musicians within the group. Um, focused on four or five who are playing the majority of the the, the, the the pop songs that are mostly accompanying the football sequences. So it's songs from 1980-81. Um, it's a, it's, there's some kind of post-punk, there's Eurythmics and uh, there's Elvis Costello. There's some, there's some disco, there's some, there's some Michael Jackson. There's uh it's, it's an interesting time. Um, and I've chosen the songs to kind of reflect the, the moments in the story. So there's some big celebration songs. There's some darker songs like Love Will Tear Us Apart when things began to began to go wrong and bits of, mm. you know, bits of the treble disappeared and the family struggle. Um, and, and the fact of having a live band as part of the show is really important to it. 
So the football sequences are all accompanied by live music. And it's, I guess it's a cross between a play and a gig, which mm. is what, what a lot of our work, including the pantomime, is like. And again, I think that makes it, you know, really popular and accessible for for people who have a different idea of what a theatre is. It's as much a gig as it is a play. Mm. Okay. Uh, and obviously you're, you're in rehearsals now. We should, we should reflect, actually. Clearly there's a lot of excitement about this play, but excitement generally, I'd imagine, just being back in theatres and being able to do what you do, because clearly your industry was one of the hardest hit by, by what's just happened and what is still happening. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, both of you, Director Pete style? style? Yeah, it's been, yes, you're absolutely right. It's been a really tough time for um, the arts and, and performing arts, particularly like many, many other sectors of our society. So, you know, people have been struggling and in all ways. Um, people who are freelancing particularly have their work has dried up completely. Um, and it is uh, a real joy to be back in a room with other people, making work, making a show, making music. Um, yeah. And, 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 I think when we first started doing that, when we first started rehearsal, everybody was just a little bit ring rusty because it's been a while. Yeah. And you kind of look at each other and go, do we still know how to do this? Are we, are we, are we still, you know, the people we thought we were 18 months ago? And then within a couple of days, you forget all that. And it's just great to be back making a show again with a bunch of other people in a room. And I think we're, we're all really high on that at the moment. So there's the excitement of the show, you're right, but there's just the excitement of making work together again. Yeah. What's it been like for you, Pete? Well, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty awful at times, but yeah, you just sort of have to keep going. I've been, I was on tour with once Pete's production of once when it last March, when it, when, it, when we were taken off the road and I've been delivering, you know, I found something else to do. The default job for actors and singers has been delivering parcels right. or, or shopping for, for various different companies, which is, which is to be honest, I've sort of just got on with it. You know, you, you just get, I got the blinkers on and I just delivered parcels every day for for 16 months mm. and um but when they released it because i'm also a singer uh, up in the northeast as well so when they did release the lockdowns uh, those gigs came back in those venues and i went back to that then mm. they locked down again but i always had this little parcel gig going which sort of kept me going and kept me sane and uh and just just kept things moving forward but i sort of always suspected that this 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 project might be my first job back into the theatre because mm. uh, Pete, Pete and I had talked about the possibilities of doing it. And um, so I sort of, I just put that to the back of my mind. And then when it looked more likely it was going to be, it was going to happen, then that really sort of just keeps the morale going that you are going to get back into the theatre. Because it was at some point, sometimes during the pandemic, you think, am I ever going to do it again? Mm. And Pete's right about skills as well. I think it's taken... And it's, it's taken me sort of a couple of weeks just to get the skills back, just to get my mouth going. I forgot how much you actually have to move, open your mouth when you're speaking on stage. <laughs> so I've been going, here's your parcel for, for 18 months. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it just takes a little while just to get that back, but it's coming back now because Bobby has such big speeches in this. Yeah. And you go, all oh, right, okay, that's what you have to do to get to get these sounds out, to, to, to really give those speeches – you know the weight they need you've got to be technically proficient to get them across no it's not just about say you know it's not just about sort of acting the words you just you have to be technically uh on it to to get them to the back of the room so that's all i think that's all coming back now so i'm pleased about that 
It's good training because we've got most of Bobby's speeches or a lot of Bobby's speeches in the show have the band behind them. And when we're in the rehearsal room, the band, are, the band are loud uh, and we're not mic'd as actors. We will be once we get on stage. So Pete's, Pete's been training his voice really hard to try and get himself heard above the band. basically. <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing costume wise for for Bobby? I guess he's 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 suited sometimes. He's track suited sometimes. He's that suited, must be yeah, quite fun. yeah. In the last one, he was mainly suited. It was that iconic sort of statue image that oh, there's some. It was there that sort of iconic statue image of him that that we went for. But this year, his track suit. We we see him in a track suit in this one. We see him in a more casual, in a more casual setting as well. So. So yeah, but it, but pretty sort of faithful to those images that people will have in in his head in their heads about, with him, you know, and just sort of thinking about the types of suits he liked. We've tried to be quite faithful. I mean, we, we we're so um, it's great to have footage of him in in the actual situation. So we've got interviews with him after certain games, so we can go right. It's the it's the beige suit he wore, you know, so we can be really faithful. Hmm. So and we've tried to do that as well. So. Are you going I've to the game one. on Saturday in costume? Well, <laughs> we, were, we were going to try and do that, but it, it hasn't worked out with the club, has it, Pete? So, um, no, no, we were hoping we'd get Bob, Peter's Bobby onto the pitch at half-time, but, but COVID regulations and yeah. the pitch being a red zone and all of that has made that impossible. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but the... Yeah. The 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 cast are all um, uh, going down to watch the, the the match at the invitation of the club, which is tremendous. Um, and I think it'll be a really good thing. And at the end of our rehearsal process, before we go into the theatre and start technical rehearsals, for them to be inside the stadium and just feel what it's like to be in amongst a crowd. Um, mm. but I'm, the game. Yeah, I'm going to wear my boys of '81 shirt. I've got I've got a boys from '81 t-shirt, so I should be wearing that. So if anyone uh, if anyone spots that, then to come and say hello. <laughs> Absolutely. Pete, um, Director Pete, there's a couple of more interesting things I want to, I want to talk about about the show. First of all, I see that, that people can have their own pictures included. Um, and also it's being live streamed around the world, which is, which is very exciting. Yeah. I mean, we, we've uh, live streaming is something that we've um, been doing since we kind of returned after closure um, as a way of making sure that people who couldn't access the theatre for whatever reason, because they were still sheltering or because they didn't feel um, happy about coming into a, a crowd again so quickly um, so that they could see the show. But also really important for us that they could see it live. So it's not a recorded version of the show. It's the show that's actually happening that night. Um, and there's quite a lot of video content in the show as a result anyway, which will be on the big screen in the auditorium, but will be on full screen for people at home um, who are, are watching the live stream. Mm. Um, and of course, that means that the show is accessible to people all over the world. So um, I'm hoping that Ipswich fans uh, all, all across the globe will um, sign up for the live stream and be able to to, to watch the show. Yeah, I, I know. I've got I've got people in the northeast who will be able to watch it too. Who you know, it's it's a long way to Ipswich, as I found out <laughs> when I drove down. Yeah, uh, and and always forget how far it is. And um, so you know, so Newcastle fans, people who have followed Bobby in whatever team he's been in, as Pete says, all over the world, but in the northeast can can watch it as well, which is lovely. Mm. We know from from putting this show on that there are there are town fans right across the world. I mean, we've got listeners all over the shop, haven't we, Andy? Um, South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, the Caribbean. So there you go, guys. Get involved. You can watch this on live stream. Um, Director Pete, 
the, the, the pictures thing is right though, isn't it? I, I'm sure I've seen that you can send in pictures that can be included in the show from from those, that time. Is that right? That's a, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and we are we we're, we're <clears throat> compiling a kind of slideshow of those pictures from the time, which will be on on a uh, a loop during the interval and after the show. So um, any pictures that people have, particularly of themselves. So there, there, some of the pictures have got sent in the pictures of the the stadium or the or the match in in progress. But it's really interesting to see pictures of the fans. You know what they were dressed up like at that time, mm. um, and and the various modes of transport that people use to get get to the games, particularly the, the away games in Europe. So yeah, if people have got pictures of themselves. Um, following the side during that 80-81 season, um, please send them in. And the uh, you know the, the the details are on our website. Superb, Andy. Anything anything else you want to ask? I was just wondering, Pete Peverly, if you can you do have you got a Scottish accent in you? I'm just wondering where you're going to go next with this. <laughs> no. uh, George George, uh, George, can you play George Burley? Have you, uh... Scottish Scottish is just not in my arsenal at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, so well, it's a, like that's the one I stay clear. I haven't got it. What football managers know? I suppose I could possibly manage a um, uh, for Sunderland. I could manage a, you know. Oh God, I've forgotten his name. Briefly, manager seventy three cup final. That's terrible. You'll have to cut that bit out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so no, I, I, I don't know. No, this one, this I think, I think this I'll I'll stop with this one. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, that's that is an obvious question, though. Obviously, this is this is part two, Director Peter. Is there going to be a part three, a trilogy? Because the next one, I guess, the <laughs> obvious one would be the the playoff final um, from a bit more recently. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we haven't thought about that yet, but um, if this one goes well, it's it will. You know, the 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 first one went incredibly well for us and was mm. a great experience all round. So if this one goes well, yeah, that would you're right. That would be the obvious next one. And after that, we might be struggling a little bit. Who knows what the future holds? A Liverpool, a Liverpool fan can say that. Um, so <laughs> when was, when was that playoff final? Then when was that? It was, uh, well, it was it's 2000. 2000. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah, think there's something. There's something in my head always. If it's far away, like the 70s and 80s, there's a romance to that, isn't there? I don't know if that's too early, but um, yeah. But no, I certainly wouldn't. I, I don't think. I don't think I've got a Scottish accent in me. So you'll have to find another George Burley. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I start working on it now. Yeah, just in case. Never, never say never. Um, guys, it's, it's been great talking to you today. One of the one of the, the key things we try and do on this pod is try and take people behind the scenes of, of covering the club and and what it's like. So, just as as a way of finishing this off, what? Can you take people behind the scenes in that dressing room on on September the sixteenth? What, what's it going to be like um, before the, the curtain goes up? Will Will you, Pete Pev? Will you be giving a, a team talk in the manner of Sir Bobby to everyone before they go out? How exciting <laughs> nerves! I mean, what's it like before you literally step on stage for the first time with well, a new play? Well, I mean, it's just it, it again. It must be like it must be very similar to going out and playing. It's exciting. It's it's nerve wracking, and um, and yeah, we 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 have warm ups before we go out. So we'll do our vocal warm up. We'll have time together, and as a company, you sometimes you develop a little routine where you maybe play a game or. So really that, and we don't really think about that. That just happens organically in on that first sort of on those during those shows. But I think this one will have an extra resonance because it's going to be our first one back for yeah. everyone. It's going to be so. There's going to be something about that first audience that we step in front of that's going to be sort of quite special, I think. And yeah. uh, but I mean personally, I just I just walk around backstage sort of 
try being him a little bit just so I'm I'm ready to sort of hit the stage. But I do that for everything I do anyway. But um but yeah, I think the extra the extra kick that we'll get with it being everyone's first one back. And it's always great doing a, a, a brand new piece. And this is a sort of world premiere, it's a brand new piece. So there's always extra excitement there that you go, wow, this is the first time that we've that this is going to be seen. So that's a sort of it's that's a sort of privilege to be involved in something like that very exciting. Yeah, and what's it, what's it like for you, Director Pete? Uh, kind of first night of your new baby, I'd imagine something you've been working on for for a long time, and finally people get to see it. The whole background of the pandemic as well. How do you think you're going to be feeling on on September the sixteenth? Uh, uh, incredibly excited, of course, and and yeah, yeah very very <laughs> nervous. I think for me, the moment I start to relax is when the audience laughs for the first time. So you know, there are there are quite a few jokes in the show. I hope. <laughs> so uh, I, it's for me that's the moment when the audience re re reacts by laughing together i think okay i can start to relax now i mean <clears throat> it's particularly for pete i think the, the the difficult thing in rehearsal is but a lot of his speeches are addressed to the squad as we were saying you know who are the audience and in the rehearsal mm -hmm. room that's really difficult because he's just addressing a brick wall so yeah. The, the interaction with those people will be the thing that makes all of that of that stuff work particularly but uh, there's no there's never any need i think as a director to kind of g a company up before a, a first performance like that because they're everybody's you know right up for it anyway um it's a bit like you know those stories about brian clough with a with a his team talk before a game would consist of holding a football in his hands and say this is a football go out there and express <laughs> yourselves and that was it so you know everybody by that stage has got everything they need really um and it's just it's just a matter of enjoying the experience and enjoying having a, a an auditorium full of people to play to yeah superb andy any, anything else you you want to ask no, I just, I, I guess it's just a chance to to let everybody know that the exact dates of when it is and and how they can get tickets because I'm I'm sure you'll uh, sure you'll have some some seating packed with people in wearing football shirts, which is maybe an unusual uh, unusual theatre crowd. So how how can people get tickets? The the go go to the uh, Wolsey website wolseytheatre.co.uk. That's the place to go for for tickets and for uh, information about the show and for how to send photos in. Yeah, that's the that's the the most uh, the the best way to go. There you go. And we do, so, yeah. And we want to see the football shirt. If you do come, wear your football shirt. It's great for us. We we love seeing that. And um, so yeah, we yeah. can't wait to see it full of 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 blue. Town, of course, sell replica shirts from that era, don't they, Andy? So it'd be nice to see a a, a theatre packed with, with shirts from that era. That would be spot on. Um, so, and guys, they, they sorry, they they actually lent us some for uh, for the young footballers to film the football. Ah, okay. So yeah, so the so the Ipswich players in those football sequences have replica shirts, courtesy of the club. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, like 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 Pete says. Um, there's no need to feel like uh, you don't know what a, a theatre experience is like. It's just like being a football stadium in this case. So please, yeah. please, please come and think think of it in that way. Excellent. Um, so that's Never Lost at Home. It shows from Thursday the 16th of September to Saturday the 9th of October at the New Woolsey Theatre. Um, you can buy tickets on the New Woolsey website, as Director Pete says. Guys, I want to leave the, the last word to you. Um, just, just a reminder, KOA Army listening to this. So the guys are going to be at the game on Saturday. So if you fancy getting a selfie with Bobby Robson, this is your chance. Um, so, so jump on that. If you do see the guys, go and say hello. But Director Pete and, 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 and Pete Pev, I just want to give you a chance to finish just by saying... Um, what people can expect and why people should should come along to the show. We'll start with you, um, Director Pete. 
Well, I think it's a show that's got um, a bit of everything. It's got a fantastic story. It's got a lot of nostalgia for that great side and for Bobby Robson as manager. It's got some great music in it. And I, I, I hope it's got some really good laughs in it as well. We're certainly having a great time in rehearsal with it. So um, I think it'll be a really, really good night out. Superb. And, and Pete Pev? Likewise, great night out gig. It's a gig. It's theatre. It's going to take you back to that time. And if you weren't around at that time, it's just going to transport you back to to what it was like. And um, and just all those collective memories that people are going to have when they, when they come to see it, uh, which is which is which theatre is very very good at doing. That the collective memory and the emotion in the room for the first shot was amazing. And I'm sure we'll do that for the for this one as well. Just. Uh, so yeah, you're going to have a great night if you if you if you're in the room. It's going to be it's going to be great. There you go. Then do not miss out. Get your tickets now. New Woolsey website. Um, best of luck with it all, guys. Do you do you still say break a leg? Is that still something that that happens? Obviously, that's the worst thing you could say to a footballer before a game. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we 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 never say that to each other. I mean, it's it's one of those kind of urban myths. Yeah. I think we we, we 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 more often say good luck or have a good one. Yeah, yeah. Have a good one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Then. Well, best of luck with the show, guys. Um, I hope we're all going to get along and, and see it at, at one time or another because it does sound fantastic. Um, never lost at home thursday 16th september saturday the 9th of october get your tickets now do not miss it thank you so much guys thanks very much there we go then andy that was a good chat i enjoyed that um something a bit different for the kings of anglia um going to the theater um what did you make of it all we're getting a bit theatrical recently aren't we we've been talking about our own theater exploits didn't bring that up with the guys though did we no didn't want to didn't want to embarrass them um (laughs) peter peter peverley is it yeah, actually, it's, it's uncanny, I think, actually, yeah. the, the resemblance with Bobby Robson. Just the, the voice is brilliant. Um, and it, he does, he's right. He does, there are some similarities kind of facially in the way he looks as well. So, um, mm. yeah, it sounds, it sounds really good. A, an era of football I wish, I wish I'd been able to watch at, at Ipswich. I think we all, I think we all wish that we'd maybe been, uh, been around for that. So this might be a little vehicle to, to take, take us back to a time that we weren't able to see ourselves. Can you imagine, Hutchie, if we were covering town like we are now at this time and, and social media and things like that were around? Ipswich Town would be one of the biggest clubs on the planet. It would be incredible. Yeah, it'd be huge, wouldn't it? And we'd be doing our, we'd be recording this live from St Etienne. We'd, yeah. we'd, have, uh, we'd have been in Cologne doing uh, doing podcasts in 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 the heart of Cologne. So yeah, it's um it's a totally different era, isn't it? And uh, but we've got we've got our own era. Don't worry, we've. Uh, Thing, things might things might be all right you never know the, yeah well that's obviously a great segue into the actual era we we have to talk about and, and preview this weekend Bolton at home Andy uh you went around on Tuesday but I spoke to the boys both um Andy and, uh Andy both Stu and Roscoe feeling quite positive about the game I think Roscoe said it was going to be a draw but Stu predicted a victory of course the box we have to tick in this particular case is the million pound picks box um just brings up to speed just to to where you are with your your winnings or losings, as the case may be, and, and what you're going to go for this weekend. So the overall perception is that maybe this wasn't going so well, but actually the little unexpected Joe Piggott windfall from uh, from his goal being given to him at Burton, followed by followed by the MK Dons game, where I did win a little bit of money, led me led me into Wimbledon, almost break even, even almost back to even. So I, I used the kind of money as as free money and Ipswich let me down. I had £200,000 on them just to win that game, which was even money. They'd have, they'd have won. But um, <clears throat> sadly, 
sadly that didn't that didn't happen and they, they let me down in stoppage time. So I think that puts us back down at £732,500 uh, for the season. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to do two, two, little, uh, two little stabs at this this week. Um, I'm going to go for the same bet again, Ipswich to simply win the game, which remarkably, they're now even better than even money to win this game. At six to five, hundred thousand pounds on Ipswich Town to beat Bolton pays out two hundred and twenty thousand pounds. And then as a little secondary little secondary tickle, I'm going to do simply that for there to be more than two and a half goals in this game. Doesn't matter who scores them, doesn't matter if Bolton score a last minute equalizer to make it two two. Over two point five goals at, that's at seventeen to twenty, which another another hundred grand on that. Um, will pay out one hundred and eighty-five thousand. So nice. it could it could have could have a, a total payout of just over four hundred four hundred grand if if all things go well. A nice two-one win would um would do the business. Take that to the bank. So when you say over two and a half goals, that basically means at least three goals in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It, it just gets rid of the. They do that just to get rid of the possibility of it being a tie. Okay. Um. What do you reckon then, Andy? You're obviously betting on a victory. You're, you're hoping for at least a 2-1. What What do you think is going to happen? Are we finally going to get this lift-off that we've been teasing for so long? Another home game, two weeks off to train, squad ridiculous for League One. This is the time, isn't it? I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Um, but yeah, I think I, th- I, th- I think it is. Uh, my prediction would be 2-1, I think. Um, Bolton about a fairly fairly decent start. Um, they've only lost once in in all their competitions, and 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 uh, they carried over from their promotion. Well, they score they score goals, although they they did draw a blank last time mm. last time out. Um, but it's not easy. Not going to be an easy game. But I, I think I think what you've just said there the two the two weeks of them being together, working together with this game as a goal. They haven't had players off on international duty. Obviously, the Wickham game was off, but that was all from the Wickham end. There haven't been players missing. So you like to think that this this could be the weekend, don't you? Um, we've said it before, but I, I, I firmly believe it will be. We'll see. And you're saying 2-1, because I think yeah. me, me and Stu both said 2-1 as well. Did um, you? Absolutely. But there we are. There you go. So we can't all be wrong, surely. What would you do with the side, Andy, just quickly before we go? Um, there's, there's going to be a few more selection options, you'd imagine, this weekend. Um, Edmonton, Possibly. for example, being one. What, what, what do you reckon you would do with the side? What do you think will happen? Possibly. Um, I think if Edmonton is fit, and we don't know if he is, he's certainly training, um, mm. whether he's fully fit to go. I, I think the temptation to put him in will be will be too great. I imagine that he would, he would go into that side. Um, obviously, no Sam... Sam Morsey, he's suspended, mm. so the midfield stays as it is. I, I imagine this game is pretty sure this game will come too early for for Bursant Selina as well. Um, he's got some catching up to do. Obviously, he's had his own issues over the summer, so I think you could largely be looking at an, an unchanged side, apart from up top, where I would, would have thought Macaulay Bomb will come back into the team. Um, I think that's where. I think that's probably where the the change will come. I think one way or another, Macaulay Bomb will be will be back up top. Okay, there you go. Then hope you've enjoyed this special podcast. We all reckon that Town are going to win at the weekend. Well, with the exception of Ross, and he's got some big money on it. Some big money coming back. Hopefully, hope you enjoy the game. Get your tickets now for the uh, the New Woolsey show. Never lost at home uh, via the New Woolsey website. Tickets start at ten pounds. Enjoy the game this weekend, and we'll speak to you again next week. 
football, Brexit to Coatesville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.